0: How many of you have taken a shower this morning and washed your face and brushed your teeth and drank water? I bet all of you. (laughs) I ask you that question, um, and while you're taking a shower, while you are drinking water, while you are washing your face and brushing your teeth, did you think that you are privileged to have that clean water? We often forget that. When I went to Haiti last year for a mission trip, I realized how much we are blessed. Because over there in Haiti, water is so scarce. They have a water well, but you have to pump it, and it's not enough to cover for everyone. So what they do is that they collect rainwater, and they filter that to use for the bathroom, the toilet, shower, and your cooking water as well. And even though that water is filtered, uh, when you taste that water, it tastes really bad. If you've been there, you you know what I mean. So at first, I couldn't drink that water. So guess what I did? Someone told me, so I brought some, I went to Walmart before I went there, and I bought some things that you can mix with water, some flavor, so you can have something. And that flavor water tasted worse. (laughs) So guess what I did? I just held my nose as I was drinking water. But it's so hot, you, you sweat a lot, you have to drink water. So drinking water wasn't very pleasing, but I had to, use, I had to drink that water. There was no other option. And you could only take a shower once a day, five minutes or less, and it's cold water. Uh, and when you wash the dishes, you can't just have the water running from the tap you have water, just a little bit of water, that's all you have to wash all the dishes for like 25 people there. It was difficult, but that's how it was. And we will talk about dirty water or muddy water today. And that story comes from Second Kings chapter 5. We don't have time to read the whole story, but it's a very well-known story about um, Naaman. And we know this story really happened. How do you know that this story really happened? There are two reasons how we can know that this story really happened, even though the story is unbelievable. It's a miracle. First of all, it's written in the Bible. I mean, how more clear do do you want? It's written in the Bible. It it happened. Second of all, Jesus quoted this story. Did you know that? Remember? So this really happened. Some people may believe, you know, this is unbelievable. How can someone's Someone with leprosy can be cleansed just by dipping into water. But that that really happened. And if you were to compare the faith of two individuals, the slave girl and the king of Israel, there is a huge difference there, big contrast. In verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 5, the little girl says, If only my master would go to the prophet in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy have you actually paused and thought about the magnitude of what she just said? Where is she right now? She's in a foreign land. What's her position? A slave girl. And I would assume that she is probably a young girl, like a preteen or maybe early teen, very young. Possibly like, I don't know, 8 or 10 or 15. Young girl. And of all the people... She is, she has the least power in the house. Is she with her family? Probably not. She's probably alone. And she says something like this. Now, when she says that the general, her master, Naaman, which is really high official, like he, he's a really important person in that, country in the uh, uh, country of aram if he goes and if he does not get healed and if he were to return what do you think will happen to her you just put me through all the trouble of going to another country and i'm not healed you embarrass me <laughs> in front of everyone <laughs> like it's a public humiliation in a foreign country i think i think we can safely say she would be killed if he was not healed so when she said that you know we just read the bible and say you know what that's a simple thing to say but if you actually think about it what she said either she was so courageous and had strong faith or she was out of her mind if i mean if i were her i wouldn't say that that's your problem you know i don't have to deal with that problem because of the risk if he does not get healed i'll be dead but she says some such a thing she had strong faith now on the other hand in verse 7 when naaman goes to the king of israel because the king of uh, aram thought that you know what maybe i should send this send my man my general to the king of israel not to the prophet of israel what's the response the king gives it says am i god killing and giving life that this man uh, expects me to cure a leper surely you can see that he's seeking a quarrel with me so instead of trusting god the king of israel was a free man who had a lot of power who had experience who had an access to the man of god all the time anytime he wanted the first thing that comes to mind his mind is that this guy is trying to pick a fight with me i cannot heal leprosy i mean okay to be honest leprosy is an incurable disease it was at that time nowadays you can control it with with drugs and medicine and whatnot but back then if you get leprosy you're dead So that's true when he said, I cannot cure leprosy. Right. But a girl who is a slave away from family over there, who is risking her life to say that, okay, go find the the man of God, Elisha. He will cure you. And the king of Israel says, this guy is trying to pick a fight on me. He's trying to find an excuse to come and conquer our land. And he tore his clothes you know what tearing clothes means in the biblical term in the culture it means mourning lament or that's what it means remember um, when when uh reuben came back to um, his father and said you know what we lost we lost joseph the one that you love so much and and made made him like nice clothes and he was telling him that we it might have, some animal might have eaten him, and gave him the clothes, his clothes, the, the coat with many colors, dipped in blood, and he tore his clothes. Um How about, um, there are other people who, like, um, when David, when uh, Jonathan and Saul died, got killed in the battlefield. When he heard the news, he tore his clothes. So tearing, ripping clothes, meaning you're mourning, you're, you're, uh, you're in pain. That's what it means. And the king does that, thinking that, you know what? We are in trouble, and we will go into a war, and many people will die. That's what came to his mind. Do you see the comparison between the two people, two individuals' faith? How is your faith? Would you trust God? Would you look at the circumstances and would you tear your clothes and say, you know what, this is impossible? What would you do? Now, you know, curing leprosy, when Jesus said this, there are a lot of people who are a lot of lepers, but the only leper who was healed was Naaman. That's what Jesus said. Right? So there were so many lepers in history of the Bible, but why Naaman? Why did Jesus, why did God, not Jesus, why did God choose to heal Naaman? Of all the lepers in the whole history of, of the Bible, not, not the Jesus' time, at the time of Jesus, but other people. Why? Had, had faith. Yes, definitely he had faith, and he obeyed God. Definitely. But I'm thinking, because of the sake of this little girl, if he if God doesn't heal Naaman, he goes back, she dies. And this little girl was so bold and said, if you go to the man of God, he will heal you. I guarantee he will heal you. And God sees this little girl's faith and says, you know what? This girl is so precious i have to listen to her wish i think that had something to do with this besides him exercising his own faith and and obeying god i think that's why so when god sees us exercising our faith being so bold god has no choice but to answer us when we act in faith he will answer us do you want to have the same faith as this little girl and I pray that you have the strong desire to have the same faith as this little girl. And Naaman goes, and he brings lots of gifts to the man of God. You know, this guy wanted to buy healing. Let me tell you how much gift he brought. It says he brought ten talents of silver, two 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. 10 sets of clothing is easy to imagine because 10 sets of clothing is 10 sets of clothing, even though it's not just a $30 shirt and $50 pants that you can buy at the store here because all the clothes back then were handmade, and the materials are hard to come by. Color very difficult to die. So one set of clothes is not just $100 that you can just spend and buy new sets of clothes. Very expensive. And I'm sure the, the materials that he brought are not just cheap things from Walmart, <laughs> but probably better quality. <laughs> but to put the 10 talents of silver and 6,000 shekels of gold in our perspective This is the English translation of what that means. Now, 10 talents of silver, one talent of silver, which is about, one talent is about 70 to 100 pounds. And about that much, 70 to 100 pounds of silver is about $6,000. So if you were to have 10 10 talents, that would be about $60,000. Ooh, that's a lot of money. $60,000 of silver. Now, what about... Six thousand shekels of gold. What? What's that? Six thousand shekels is actually two pounds, two two talents. One talent is three thousand shekels. Now I looked it up. Now gold price per ounce today is about thirteen hundred dollars, or per kilo is forty two thousand dollars. If you were to put that, two talents come up to be about 2.5 million dollars. 2.5 million dollars worth of gold, 60,000 dollars worth of silver, and 10 sets of coating. That's a lot of gift. Right? Well, for us, it, it's a lot of gift. It's a lot of gift. No wonder why Ge- Gehazi got greedy, right? It's a lot of gift. But, if you were to buy that for your life, that may not be a lot. That may not be a lot. But that's, that's a lot of gift in, in one sense. And another purpose that God has healed Naaman, according to verse 8, says, when Elisha heard about um, the king tearing his robe, he said, why did you tear your robe? Send him over to me, so that he knows that there is a prophet in Israel. More so, there is a God in Israel who is the God of all the other gods. That was another purpose why he healed him. And Naaman now is sent to Elisha's house. And his horses, his chariot, and his men, it's probably not just two people guarding him. It's probably the whole caravan of people with that many gifts they all go, and they go to the little small hut of Elisha, even though he was a rich man before. Um, you know how many, how many oxen he had before he was called? He had 10 sets of oxen as he was working. He, he hired lots of people to, to work on his father's field. So he wasn't from a poor family like Elijah. However, still now he's a man of God, and he, he's, he's not rich. So he is in his small, humble House and this fancy caravan of, of a chariot of this general of the strongest army or a nation, they arrive and they're waiting for the man of God to come and do something about this man. And what does Elisha do? He sends his servant, he doesn't even come out. He he sends his servant, Kehazi, and says, Um, you know, hi general my master, man of God, Elisha, said, you just go and and dip yourself in Jordan River seven times, and you'll be healed. And he says, bye, and he just goes back in. (laughs) Uh, Naaman is offended. And guess, you know, this is what he says in the Bible. He says, you know, I thought that he would, Elisha would co- surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot to cure my leprosy. He had that imaginary or picture in his mind. And when Gehazi came, disappointed him, he is upset. He's disappointed. And he said, you know what? I'm not doing this. You want me to go and wash myself in the Jordan River? I drag myself to this, this, like, pathetic place, this poor country. I mean, we can come and wipe you out. But I, come, I drag myself here to be here. And this is the treatment that I thought you would respect me and come and heal me, pray over me, and do something miraculous to heal me. And, and like, maybe bow before me and greet me, something. And this is how you treat me? That's enough. I'm going back home. And when he goes back home, he's going to get angry and he's going to kill that girl. Probably. That's my imagination. That's what he did. Now, he had an expectation of how God was to heal him. Now, friends, Do we have an expectation of how God is to help us? Sometimes we draw a picture. God, I'm in trouble. you got to help me. But when you help me, you have to help me in this way. You have to help me this way. You have to solve the problem in this way. And this is the only way that you will help me. Otherwise, I'll be offended. Do we do that sometimes? Do we try to fit God into our picture? If it's not that way, then we don't want to get accepted. We don't want to get helped. We don't want to accept God's help. That's what we do sometimes, just like Naaman did. What we need to do, we need to humble ourselves and we need to, we need to fully trust in God. A Bible commentary says this Naaman had his own thoughts, but there were not. They were not the thoughts of God. He had heard of a man who could cure him of his leprosy, and immediately he came to his own conclusions as to exactly how this should and would be accomplished. He made a plan of his own and then expected that God would work according to that plan. We make the same mistake. We make the same mistake. God, you have to help me in this way. Otherwise, no thank you, it's okay. And we want to turn around and go back home. Did Naaman have faith? Yes, he had faith. Very weak, very selfish, proud, arrogant kind of faith. As a matter of fact, he wanted to buy healing with that money. He did go because of his desperation. Otherwise, he would die. He went. However, he expected he, would, he wanted to be treated with respect, a miracle-working prayer offered just for him. That's how he wanted. But the servant came and said, Just go take a shower, take a bath seven times in the Jordan River. But God still healed Naaman. It's not because Naaman had such great faith. Obviously, he listened to God. Other people had to push him. His servants had to come and push him. You know what, Master? Had, not, had Elijah not asked you something really difficult, would you not have done it? He's asking for you something simple. Why not do it? Try it. You're already here. Just do it. And he said, okay, I'll do it. He dragged his feet to go ahead and do it. Did he have a strong faith? No. Rather, the little girl had a strong faith. The king of Israel did not have great faith. Neither Naaman had great faith. But God saw how he could be after he has changed. He saw what kind of man he could be after he's been healed. What did he do after he was healed? He said, you know what, Elisha, please forgive me. I'm not going to serve any other God. I'm not going to bow down to any other God. Except the God of Israel, but please forgive me. When I go, when I serve my own king, he's going to come and do his own thing in his own, to, to his own God. I have to assist him, and I have to pretend that I bow down to that, to that God. Please forgive me when I do that, but in my heart, I'm going to be serving your God. That's what he said. God saw that, and he healed him. Friends, when we pray to God, sometimes our faith is very weak. But God sees what we can be, and he listens to our prayers. You know, I want to show you the pictures of the Jordan River. And I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to ask for forgiveness uh, because the, the pictures that I'm using are the pictures that I took. I took the pictures, but these are Pastor Joy and Sarah's pictures. <laughs> because uh, this is a Jordan River. This this was a Jordan River baptism when he went there a couple of years ago. I want you to see how dirty the water is. Uh, but actually, this water is looks pretty bad. It's all green. You can't see anything else underneath, but this is Pastor Joey. Pastor Joey baptized his wife, Sarah, again, and that because you know you're in jordan river where the river where jesus got baptized so they wanted to do it again but um i want you to see the water (laughs) Uh, i didn't ask joy or sarah about me using the pictures but i took the pictures i gave him the pictures so i guess why not (laughs) but this is a river and um And it it doesn't look that clean, and it looks nice, but it it doesn't look that clean, the water is not that clean. But this is when it's at its best. And, oh, what happened to the other picture? This is what it could be. This is the pictures from the internet. Um, So you see how muddy the water is? It's really, really bad, it can be bad. And when Naaman said, you know what? Are not the rivers of uh, Abana and Farpar better in Damascus? We have such better rivers there. Why do I go into this water, this muddy and dirty and filthy water, and and expect me me to be cleansed? No way. That's what he said. But you know, but you know, that healing, God's hidden blessings, are not in the elements but in the complete obedience of God's word. It's not the water that matters. It's not not the touching hand. It's not something else. It's not anything else that you do with it. It's about obeying God's word, complete obedience of God's word. God could have used the dirty water or the trash water. He could have used the, the, the mud from the ground. He could have used anything to heal Naaman. But for us, for our sake, God says, you know, go and wash yourself so that we can prove our faith. We can obey God. God is allowing us to follow His command, His His command and be healed. That's what He's doing. Friends, do you want to obey God? Instead of saying, you know what, that water is dirty. I have better water than in my own, own home country. I can find better ways to do it. No. We need to obey god completely that's where the salvation and healing comes after he went into the water seven times the bible says he was healed completely and verse 14 says his flesh was restored and became like that of a little child stop stop think about this think about this this man is the greatest, strongest, mightiest man of the all nation, of, of the greatest nation at the time, the kingdom of Aram. For him to get to that position, he had to go through how many wars and how many battlefields, how many battle scars he may have. So someone who is all out there fighting, risking his life, do you think his hand will be very, very soft and has a baby face? No. He will have a very strong and tough skin, and he'll be proud of his battle scars. You know, you see this? This mark, I got this from this battle, and I was saving the king's life, and I defended for my country, and this is the wound that I got. This is the scar that I have. They'll be proud of that and now he goes in dips in and he comes out and the bible says he has the skin the word the child is naar in hebrew that means it could be anybody a young man or a boy or anything but the bible does say a little child so the word naar could mean a little baby so here a little child could mean a baby now find the youngest person in your pew someone and grab hold of the hand of the youngest person, maybe 10 years and under, and feel their skin. Do you feel the very soft and smooth skin? We, we see uh, Darby right here. <laughs> and we see Zaza right here. All the babies touch their skin, touch their cheeks. Now, Now, remember that Next time when Naaman is healed and he goes to his king, he goes to anybody and says, oh, I am the general of this soldier and my name is Naaman. You shake his hand. His hand is like the baby hand. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And I bet when he goes back home and he goes to say, honey, I'm healed. And and his wife goes and hugs him and kisses him and touches him. Like, you know what? Your skin is better than mine. She's jealous of him that's what happened when god brings restoration and god heals you he brings complete restoration it's not like he's healed but his wrinkly face and his his dirty skin his his like spots and dots everywhere no his his skin turned into like a complete new baby skin that's what happened do you want that kind of healing what do we need to do we need to obey God completely and listen to Him. That's what we need to do. If you have a weak faith, that's okay. Go to God. God sees how you can be after you are healed, and He can change you. I have one more page to go, but we're too late. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap it up. Leprosy symbolizes in the Bible what? Sin. He had leprosy; that he could not be healed. He is a sinner. He, his limbs, his feel, he, his fingers, his his toes got numbed. Sin does the same thing to us. We become numb when we when we become sinners. Sin numbs our senses, and we are incurable. Sin is incurable. It, sin leads us to leads us to death. Leprosy leads us to death. Sin cannot be hidden. Leprosy cannot be hidden either. All those things. We had leprosy. Naaman had leprosy. Do we not have spiritual leprosy? When we realize that we have leprosy, who do we need to go? We need to go to the man of God. We need to go to the word of God. We need to go to God. And we need to obey God completely. And whatever method that He tells us, we need to do that. When we kneel before God, when we go to God, He's going to cure us and He's going to give us that baby face. And I say, why did God send this little girl to a foreign land? She went through a lot. She was separated from her family, and she had to live alone. And she was living a life of a slave girl in a foreign country, in an unknown place. Her destiny, her life is all shattered. Her dream that she had, being with her family, being with her mother, and being loved, that's all gone. Why did God allow this girl to go through this? I believe that this little girl had such great faith. God sent her as a missionary to Naaman's house so that Naaman can be healed. And like you and I, everybody else who's reading the same story can be touched and be changed. God has seen that this little girl had that great faith, sent her over there as a missionary. She wasn't a slave. She was a missionary. She was like the prophetess of God over there. She did her part. Now, what is God calling us to do today? If you are healed, God is sending you, you and I, to that mission field to do what this little girl had done. The deacons that have been ordained today, your call is to be that, like this little girl. Exercise your faith and introduce people to God. That's what we need to do. How many of you want to have that kind of faith and want to do the work that this little girl has done? And I pray that you will bless you and me to do exactly that. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, thank you so much for this story. Thank you so much for the faith of this little girl and the complete obedience that Naaman had exercised. We pray that you will give us the same faith. Help us to obey you. Help us to put aside our agenda, our plans. Help us to trust in you, obey you completely. And when you call us to be the missionary in our own homes, in our churches, in our workplaces, help us to have the faith of this little girl, and of the Naaman, and of Elisha, Help us to be the missionaries in our own place. Bless us, Lord. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.